Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. How did it feel to you? Let me think. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all... And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me, as always, is the man who never misses all that heavenly glory, <laughs> Chad Lindsay. What's up, man? Oh, how you doing, man? How are you doing? Doing so much better than last. Yeah, week. man. Like I, I, I needed this. I needed this. Like a this. Yeah. This film was like a sorbet that just kind of cleansed the palate of all of that nastiness from the. Uh, from the last movie, and it's so great that we went back to, you know, honestly, one of the greatest martial arts films ever made. Like, ever Yeah, made. and it's not even, yeah. it's not even like, you know, you talk about anybody's, you know, top ten list, and this is going to be on everybody's top ten list. A hundred percent, yeah. There's, I remember when George Carlin was talking about his career shortly before he passed away, and I remember him saying, if somebody ever does the history of comedy in the 20th century, they can't leave me out. Mm. And I, I remember him saying that, like he made enough of a dent that they couldn't leave him out. That's what this movie is. Any top 10 list of best martial arts movies on anybody by any standard, this movie's near the top. Probably top five, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, like like anybody in the world. Like, you know, you know. oh, look. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a baby <laughs> right? that just came out of the womb. What's your top 10? <laughs> like, oh, I am the dragon, of course, sir. You're just going to get, woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie was a big part of the inspiration of why I even wanted to do this podcast, to be honest with you. like, And you can tell, like, the intro is from this movie. The outro is from this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, everything. It's, <laughs> this is where it's from, right? It starts and ends with this movie, for real. Well, that was when you first called me, and you're like, let's do a podcast, and we'll call it You Have Offended This Podcast. And I got it right away, and I was just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember you said, that's a goddamn great yeah, title. <laughs> like, it's a great, yeah, because it just... Ah, it's just, I mean, this is, this is the quintessential <laughs> martial arts film that really has everything. And to my knowledge, which I'll, I'll admit, I'm just more of a fan than somebody who's like a, you know, studies these things academically, as it were. Yeah, me too. This was the big Hollywood putting money into this, you know, like, let's, let's make an international something for Western audiences, you know, in the 70s, you know, right around the time we were born when this was made. Yep. Martial arts was huge. And, you know, people were opening up martial arts schools that had no business, that had no training. They were just, you know, like opening up fucking dojo and stuff you know it was like some <laughs> fat guy who was like oh you want to come here and take karate there was legit teachers and there were shit teachers and you know like all of that's all of all of this was just like a crazy time you know like kung fu fighting was you know like a song like yep. it was it was yeah. just like this this awesome awesome time and this film is kind of like the 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 crown jewel of the early 1970s when it comes to martial arts entertainment it's so good. And this, you know, one of the biggest compliments you can pay to really anything is to say, well, you know, this inspired a generation of blah, blah, blah. Right. But this movie legitimately inspired generations. Yes. Like plural of martial artists to start 
karate, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, like name your thing. It inspired people to get out on the mats and, and pick up an, a martial art of some kind. And to have literally 40, 50 years of that is crazy. It's, it's insane that you can still watch this, and it's still... I watched it this afternoon. It's still good. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that's so great about it, is it's still... It's still... And, and you know, we were, we were talking briefly, because we don't like to talk a lot about it, but we were talking about yeah. how, you know, it's, it's actually a film, and a lot of the action uh, and the fighting from Bruce Lee, like... You know, you're an hour into a 90 minute movie and he hasn't beat anybody up <laughs> badly yet, you know, right. and that he just yep. he just did such a great job at, at just telling a story and acting. And there's some really good acting in this, like from multiple people. Really good. And the music yep. is so good. Like, man, it just oh, the score's amazing. It just nails it. It just nails it on every level, man. I just I just so yep. love this film. It's awesome. It's so good. Originally titled Blood and Steel, the initial title of this movie. And the studio didn't even want to change it from that. They didn't like the title Enter the Dragon. They thought it sounded like a kid's movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, so they wanted to stick with Blood and Steel. And Bruce obviously wanted Enter the Dragon because of his name and the whole thing. Eventually the studio was like, you know what? We're, we're okay with changing the name from Blood and Steel, but we kind of really like the title Hans Island. Oh, that's <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> right? And Bruce was like, yeah, how about no on that? <laughs> so we fi they finally got to change it to, to Enter the Dragon. And in hindsight, they were all like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, Blood and Steel. I don't, I don't even know. Like, Blood and Steel is a cool title. It just doesn't, like, it... it it doesn't work. I don't believe it works in the context of of this particular film, Blood and Steel. Not but, really. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's the only line is like, you know, uh, we forge our bodies in the fire of our will, <laughs> gentlemen. You right? have our <laughs> like. That's the only thing that kind of talks about some sort of smelting, um, of, like, <laughs> some s smelt related yeah, title. Smelt related. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think the blood and steel works for this particular film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh, initially came from the source material was this this screenplay called Kelsey apparently originally got or changed into Enter the Dragon by the screenwriter Michael Allen and he based it on a comic book uh that he that he read when he was a, a kid called Terry and the Pirates which is why it's a lot of the time there's a lot of like really bright colors and stuff like that which obviously meshes with the Chinese culture as well with very vibrant and bright colors and things like that. So, and he the the writer said that the movie was kind of an homage to James Bond movies, which you can kind of see with Bruce Lee sneaking around and shit. Yeah, you can certainly see that. And the completely inept guards <laughs> that go Absolutely that goes with the inept guards. That goes with the James Bond. <laughs> That's right. Theme. Like that Austin Powers yes. clip. Go ahead, lay down, yeah. son. Go ahead, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And uh, just before we get into the movie, we might as well go through some other little stuff here. There's not a whole lot. The, the whole, actually, this is hysterical to me because apparently, initially, I was kind of like, God, the Jim Kelly character of Williams, like they really play him up as like the black stud and he picks all the four girls, which we'll get into later when they get on the island. But <laughs> there's a quote from the producer. <laughs> there's a quote from the producer, Paul Heller. This is in the, the book, Bruce Lee, the, the biography. <laughs> Listen to this quote from Paul Heller. Quote, 
Jim Kelly screwed everything that moved in Hong Kong. <laughs> he ended up in he ended up in the hospital with bloated testicles. We had a har- <laughs> we had a harness for him to hang over the acid pit for his death scene, but he couldn't wear it because he was so sore. We had to specially make a cargo net for him. <laughs> what? <laughs> they had to specially make a cargo net for him. Because he couldn't wear the harness because his dick and balls were so sore. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, hey man, I guess that scene was kind of accurate. Yeah. Yeah, all that shit I gave the film, they're like, oh, they always make the black guy the... Oh, well, Jim Kelly. Jim hats off. Doing what he can to <laughs> enforce the stereotype, sir. <laughs> hats off, Jim Kelly. I was wrong. <laughs> You go. You go and ice your nuts. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> One other quick thing. Williams or- originally was uh, offered um, uh, Rockney Tarkington, another actor, was originally going to play Williams, but he pulled out over money. And uh, Jim Kelly came in on, I believe, two days' notice. That guy wakes up and kicks his ass with regret every right? day. No, that's not Every enough. single day that's of the week, and money. twice on Sunday. Oh, yep. damn it. And uh, well, he was picked, Jim Kelly was picked because they knew he could fight, but they were like, wow, this dude can act because he's actually pretty good, too. He's really good in this, man. Like, they keep everything nice and tight here as a as yep. a film. And, you know, when you're doing that with a film, you can you can kind of see that, you know, sometimes when, they, when the film kind of spins a little bit out of control, you can see the acting kind of falling apart. But everything every, yep. everything in this is, is, is exceptional. And this is probably Jim Kelly's best acting out of all the films that I've seen him in. It's his, it's his best performance in a film. Yeah, and this was what obviously led to Black Belt Jones and the sequel to that and yes. all that jazz. So, I mean, this is, this is his breakout performance, really. I mean, well, it's his first role because it's introducing Jim Kelly, so... Yeah, I mean, like, what a what a way to start. Oh, start with a bang. <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? And lastly, the part of O'Hara was initially offered to Chuck Norris. Ooh. O'Hara was supposed to be Chuck, but Chuck was like, yeah, I got my ass kicked by you in one movie, so I'm not doing that again. Oh, man. I'm only going to star in movies where I'm the star. Honestly, on like, as much as I would love to see it, Bob Wall did a really great job in this film. Like He, he did. did a really, did. really I, good job. Well, Bruce said, if you don't take it, I'm going to offer it to Bob Wall. And Chuck said, yeah, Bob will do a great job. Okay. (laughs) Just gave it to Bob. Bob's my student. (laughs) And yeah, Bob's my student. (laughs) Wait, isn't his name Steve? Fred. (laughs) Yeah, fucking Fred. Fred. (laughs) Wasn't it Fred? What the fuck? (laughs) All right. So, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, Just before we start breaking this whole thing down, we got a couple of thank yous to give out. Um, This was requested by three different people, so I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, number one, Nick Gullo, a.k.a. Nick the Tooth. Got kind of famous for being on Dana White's Looking for a Fight for a little bit there. He's the host of the uh, Infinite Worlds podcast. He's a writer. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Seems like a super cool guy, so thank you, Nick. Uh, Also, Kenny Florian, once again, former UFC fighter, commentator for BattleBots, does the Anik and Florian podcast, and owns Florian Martial Arts Center in Brookline, Massachusetts. So once again, thanks, Kenny. And lastly, Stefan Kesting, who uh, runs the GrappleArts.com website. He has the Strenuous Life podcast, which is a dope podcast, by the way. If you don't listen to that, you should. And he puts up really good technique videos. Uh, So if you check those guys out, they're awesome. Thanks, everybody, for suggesting this because, goddamn, we needed it. And it was awesome. All right. So five sections as usual. 
number one section here for the movie. We get the opening, obviously, and the character introductions. Uh, we get a couple of flashbacks here, and finally ending with the arrival at Hans Island. So obviously this movie had a low budget, uh, relatively speaking. It was $850,000 worth of budget, <laughs> but it's made, it's one of the highest grossing martial arts movies ever. It made $350 million so far. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah, like it's, it's insane. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's like runaway freight train of, oh. and you know, and and good for it. Like they they there's so oh, much there's so. so much care in this film that it deserves every penny that it got. And you and I, um, I, I don't know how because th- this this I saw this probably when I was about ten or eleven uh, through rental yep. through VHS rental. Um, yes, and, when you had to rent the machine. Yeah, too. you had to rent the whole goddamn. <laughs> works um you had to come home from blockbuster with a fucking suitcase yeah. you had to come home with suitcase power bar you had to be back you had to be back before the mall opened the next day like somebody could be down here at 8 a.m wanting to rent that machine so you better get it the fuck back here we'll charge your credit card but yeah right and uh i i i mean this this movie probably exploded on the home rental market like this, this. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, as as big of an international star as Bruce Lee was at the time, like you know, I remember, I remember kids in grade six talking about his films, and then you know, I went down to the video store again, rented the VCR and a couple of Bruce Lee movies for I think my birthday. Yep. Probably cost my parents two hundred bucks, but <laughs> <laughs> you can right. watch. Well, that, remember you had to put the deposit yeah. on the VHS, yeah, you, and it was like a hundred yeah. bucks or something. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> They probably could have just sent us to the you know go see go see the fox and the hound at the movie theater. It's two dollars, right. you losers. But anyway, yeah, uh, cool. I got to see this, and I don't know how many times I rented it until you know in those early uh, days, those early eighties, you couldn't afford to buy cassettes. They were like no. hundreds of dollars. Well, and a VHS machine by itself cost like ten grand. Yeah, back exactly. Then. <laughs> you know, and it was the size of a coffee table. Like you put it, you <laughs> right. put it on your coffee table, and your coffee table would disappear. But then, of course, when I got older, and I and I think it was in the '90s, like you know, quite a bit later, uh, where I bought it yeah. the collection on uh, VHS, and I remember you bought the collection on VHS as well, yeah. which would have been well, no, there was the four films, the Golden Harvest ones, the, yeah, and then you bought you had to buy Plus this one, one separately because it wasn't part of the Golden Harvest collection. No, no, you always got Fist of Fury and Return. And Chinese Connection, and then you always usually got a fourth one, which game was like death. you know, in introducing Bruce Lee. No, they Lee gave you or, Game of Death. Oh yeah, that's right. You get Game of Death. That's yeah, right. And then there was that other one that was the yeah. You had to buy this one separately, and then there was like a Golden Harvest Raymond Chow story behind the scenes and all that stuff that we had as well. That's right. Which was a really right. good one too. Yeah, I remember this was always separate. So, and then I had to buy it again on dvd and then i had to buy it again on blu-ray so like i've put a lot of money that you know a chunk of that 350 mil and you every time a new format's created it's like ah i gotta go buy scarface again i gotta go buy Under the dragon again i gotta buy the godfather i gotta go buy buy the godfather trilogy again it's just like you (laughs) bastards you assholes Hey, and thank you for listening to this teaser episode of the podcast. Full episodes can be found at patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. We do at least four episodes a month. Everyone gets one free. The other three are like this one, a teaser with the full show available with a subscription. Now there's five levels of subscription to choose from to suit any budget with the lowest being just five bucks per month. 
That's less than a rabbit harness leech thing on Amazon. I mean, what are you going to do with that? It's nice. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong, but think about it. You can walk your rabbit safely or you can get over 6 hours of original entertainment to make your workout or commute or life better. Plus, access to all the past seasons, each season being 21 episodes. Patrons also get to be a part of the Dojo crew. You become a producer of the show. And the best part is you don't have to do any of the hours of work it takes to create an awesome show every week. You just reap the benefits. It's awesome. So head on over to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast and become a patron. You'll have our eternal gratitude and the satisfaction of literally being a producer of the media you find most appealing. Thank you so much. We'll see you inside the dojo.